Welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his good, good pals, Dave Damashek and Martin Weiss. All right, welcome to the Extra Points Podcast, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you on a Monday morning. Spaghetti meatballs fiddling with the knobs. Babyface Joel Solomon producing this mess and joining me as always, my dear, dear pals, Dave Damashek, Martin Weiss. My wife and a whole bunch of PTAers in the background. <laughs> I don't know. She, my wife decided to have a PTA meeting here. Um, right, the room, very room over. I I suggested we move things around. I go downstairs, and you said no. It's a nice atmosphere. It's fun to hear uh, gabbing about um, uh, book fairs and shit in the background. I mean, I'm listen. I'm not trying to cause any marital discord, but a little <laughs> little slap in the face to your profession, a eh? Little. To schedule to schedule the PTA meeting right over the record, but I'm I I love it, and I think we should uh, try to kill two birds with one stone here, yeah, Sal. And maybe you should just open up the door and have them address the issues of the day. Where's Aaron Rodgers going to play in 2022, for instance? Oh, interesting. All right, I'm Shout all for the uh, I'm all for the throwing stones part of it, but. Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to get in uh, in return. Yeah, I, you know, I told, I, I don't know why. I went over the new schedule. I'm like, okay, so here's what we're going to do post-Super Bowl. We're going uh, 9 a.m., uh, extra points from home for a little bit, and then 1045 against all odds. Okay, fine. She gets it. About 853, she tells me. Oh, I have a PTA meeting uh, on their way. When? Have About them throw you. Minutes. Instead, you throw stones. Have them throw you scones. Oh, they have to have finger foods. If you're having a PTA meeting, after all, there's got to be some I, nice finger food options, eh? I didn't even check. I, didn't I just want to know how, to, yeah. how does it? How does how does the cousin Sal household get? Is it do you draw straws? Is she the president of the PTA, or is she like how how does that work to where she's the lucky lady that's hosting the PTA meeting today? She has some position where um, we have to open our house, uh, you know, three or four times a week. It's the it's open it's house fine. position, yeah, 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 the door fine. opener position. No. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but we are back. We had most of last week off. Martin, you went. Uh, this is how we, we <laughs> Martin's vacation went to Mexico. Came back for the vacation days. Um, what what did you end up doing, Martin? You came back. You were in Mexico, right, until like Tuesday. I was, but I, you know, you know, so I I I tipped my toes in several different job lakes, oh. job waters. And mm-hmm. so that was the uh, the premium vacation time where I had the least amount of work to do. So uh, gotcha. I tell you, I practice my Spanish, but my my past tense and preterite are not quite there yet. Yeah. But, uh, but I'll tell you, in present tense, your boy is good money. Really? But, uh, it's a good time. Go down there. How would you know, deep. though? How do you know? You just you assume that. But how people view you? I mean, I, I wonder like about like a bunch of Spanish speaking guys to me. I'm like, oh, boy, I don't know. Oh, no. no idea if they've spoken English too much, and but they might walk away. But like, yeah, yep, I tricked everybody. We, well, have, we really have no idea. I used to think that way until I went to Cuba maybe four years ago, mm-hmm. three years ago, four years ago. No, no, no. It was actually five years ago now. Get but it when right. I went, people are going to look this up. <laughs> probably. No, but when I went, like the amount of people there that just English is not even an option. And so oh, I, yeah. when it was there, I knew it was like, oh, I know enough Spanish to like, move around around people who don't know any Spanish. Like when I go to, when I go somewhere in the town that we were in, probably 50, 50, if people really? know English or not. Yeah. So the re- the way I knew is because they didn't know any English. So I was like, if I, if I got what I needed, then I knew that my Spanish was sufficient, but you should have heard the embarrassment of like day four when I couldn't get a comforter. I needed a new comforter. Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah. I got a sheet, got a, got a pillowcase, got a curtain, I, I, it was. I had to go to the Google Translate to get a uh, to get Ensenada well, for comfort. It's so much easier, right, with Google Translate now than it was 15 years ago. You're holding like three pamphlets to try to find a word, right, that you can't uh, dig up. I want to go back to this Cuba thing. Well, you right as as soon as it was opened up, you jumped on a plane, eh? <laughs> oh yeah. It up. Well, what was it like? It was amazing. Well, it was. It was. I, I'll tell you this. You'll never, ever, ever understand what it is to be an American more than if you go to a place like Cuba or you go to a place like Russia, you know, current news notwithstanding. I was going to say, maybe but, Ukraine yeah. might might open my eyes to yeah. uh, Well, yeah, we might I mean, all be any, speaking Russian yeah. in about three weeks anyway, so all the Spanish <laughs> stuff. Uh, yeah. You'll really never understand what it's like to be an American and what, like, what capitalism is until you're somewhere where it's really not a thing that's like lauded or praised. And I don't not saying, I said it without judgment to either side, like whatever you do, you do. But it was just, you know, Sunday night, everybody's mm-hmm. having a good time out. And it's like because the concept of having to get up for work on Monday morning 
is kind of a foreign thing. Also really? kind of a foreign thing was the concept that I needed to buy a pair of long pants because I didn't I didn't bring a pair mm. of shine to go to this show. They have these flamenco shows that they want you you're supposed to wear a long pair of pants to go. I, I silly me in the middle of August going to Cuba. I thought shorts would be sufficient yeah. for everywhere I need to go. But I'm asking people for a clothing store and no one is no one's understanding what I'm saying. Pantalones. No, I know Yo the necesito word. Pantalones. Yeah. I, so or imagine before. you're saying that, right? You're saying yeah. that. And the people are back at you like, yeah, no, it doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Really? I'm thinking it's a language barrier. But no, it's just the closest place to go buy new clothes was so far away that it wasn't worth. It's just, it's just things that you wouldn't like. You know what I'm saying? The concept of like the mall. It's not no really. malls there, huh? It's a foreign concept to them. It's literally a foreign concept. Interesting. <laughs> cool. uh, all right. Well, listen, there's a lot of things going on in the world outside of Cuba and Mexico. I mean, it seems stupid to to do a podcast, but it always seems stupid to do this podcast with uh, what's going on in the world. We're going to send our best wishes to those in the Ukraine. Please stay strong as um, Kyla Murray and his agent attempt to hold the Arizona Cardinals <laughs> hostage. What the hell? What? A, uh, so for those of you who missed it, Kyla Murray's agent basically took a writing seminar sometime last week and sent out a bizarre note, five paragraphs, capital letters, demanding that his client, Kyla Murray, who still has two years left on his deal, become a priority for an extension. And at first I was like, well, all right, this is probably what all agents do, right? But Secondhand, it, you know, he definitely wanted this to leak. And uh, and then I'm thinking, what what the hell's going on here? This is an undersized quarterback who chokes in the second half of every season. This is like Jar Jar Binks writing the Star Wars people at Ransom Note. I try to be timely there, Shaq, with a jar, right? This is basically a character <laughs> who doesn't need, right? Like, how, how dare know. he? You, you know well what I'm saying? Done. Well yes, done. Well done. Okay. I think it's uh, 2001, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, so I think I, you, you nailed it. Yeah, um, more more currently, I wonder if it's an homage by Kyler to his baseball brethren oh. to not want to play, or if baseball is paying homage to uh, by they're taking the the day off. Like you say, like mm -hmm. it's silly to talk about. Maybe the baseball is like we shouldn't play sports. Period. Right now, mm -hmm. given what's going on in the world, yeah, it's bizarre. It it's extremely bizarre to to use some of the parlance of the agent who just couldn't help himself with the high uh, the hyperbole and the adverbs. Right. I mean, just there's a good lesson in creative writing at minimum. Don't lean on adverbs too much, young writers out there. You're, this just look at that document as a this is what not to do. If you're spell check, to make a case spell check helps too. Yeah, he had a couple of, <laughs> oh, yeah. some couple grammar, of typos right. in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's bizarre. I don't. Am I looking at this wrong, Martin? I feel like this is a guy who I I don't know. You look at the numbers on. Well, yet yet he's like seventh for MVP voting right now, like a twelve to one in the NFL. I'll so say, I'm like, maybe I'm missing something here, but he does have two years left on his contract, and it seems like the same kind of thing for him. And he's going to run last check, as we know with all these quarterbacks. You don't believe me? Look at his over under for yardage on the ground, under hit uh, big time. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know what, where the appeal is and where he gets the the balls here. Uh, first, this is the most. As like a someone who went to J school, copy edits all the time. This is the most annoying press release since LeBron said he was coming to the Lakers because just the completely devoid of commas, hyphens. Right. <laughs> it's just like like the ultra competitive needs a hyphen right there, pal. It's just it's just little shit like that that just yeah, tearing yeah, me yeah. up. Secondly, I don't like this because this is like statement from Kyler's agent Eric Burkhart, right? But it then it just reads as if Kyler wrote this in the third person. Like, in an effort to try to distance it from Kyler saying it himself, it reads as if Kyler just dictated, and all now he just goes, Kyler wants to be this, Kyler wants to do that. The third thing, I found it interesting that his number one goal is to be your long-term quarterback, and his number two goal is to win the Super Bowl. Because you would think most guys would say number one goal is to win the Super Bowl, and we'll yeah. figure everything else out after that. Right. But part of me just has to be curious. If this is a level of, well, for, oh, first, I disagree. Kyler Murray has not rapidly improved in his three years. I think he's gotten incrementally better. But when you look at a league in which you have Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes and you see the improvements or even a Justin Herbert, and you see the improvements that they've taken year over year over year. You look at Kyler. 
he just hasn't. He's been the same guy he was with the, which is very good. But the mm-hmm. idea is rapidly improving. I don't know about all that. I, you but, look at like first down efficiency is like 25th in the league, however you want to rank that and everything. But yeah, it's uh, it's bizarre. And also as a little man, I could see the little man complex shining through with the big cap letters, but big block paragraph cap letters. So I don't know that this is going to work. And I just wonder like what, what this is just maybe he's just sitting back thinking, damn, I know there's no baseball right now currently, but if I had signed that contract with the A's, I would have been yeah, had yeah. this. But I just. He, I don't understand the timing. I don't understand the reason. Maybe, but part of it is too. Like I don't. I think a lot of this has to do with the Kyler reports that you heard from earlier in the season, and watching him earlier in the season, in the regular season, when you know things would go wrong, and he would look like you know somebody kicked his dog. Mm-hmm. Like that's right. the thing that happened. Like he was, he looked like a you know crybaby for lack of a better term when things when the chips were down, and now yeah, just yeah. I don't. But I, also stop scrubbing Instagram. Like who cares? You didn't break up with anybody. You're under contract for two years. It's not like you had an ex. I have ex-girlfriends on my Instagram right now. You know what? why? Because it's a thing that happened. It's a thing that happened. It's way in the past. If I wants to address it, I can talk about it. But the idea you're scrubbing your Instagram and that means I'm going to break up with the team. Stop it. That's childish. Be a professional. It is funny. I do. I do like that. That's the passive aggressive move of the 21st century is to scrub your Instagram. I took, Hey, Russell Wilson, go mm. look, look at that one. I, I'm taking all Seahawks related stuff off my social media. It's so stupid. These multimillionaire grownups behaving like this. But I think the big story is, by the way, Napoleon syndrome, uh, uh impacting the world all over all right. right now. Um, but, um, yeah, I think this is, I do think that we need to get ready for this. I don't know how many more examples we need of it to solidify the point, but quarterbacks control the league more. They're starting to come around to this idea more and more and more that they're in charge, that they are the essential item to have if you want to be competitive in pro football in the 21st century. And taking a page a decade or so later from from LeBron and company that you don't need um the bourgeoisie yeah you, you you know at the working class we will figure this out i'm the one in control not you now i'm the captain mm-hmm. and we don't like it and fits and starts and aaron Rodgers doing his nonsense and his petulance in green bay and kyler and russell wilson but this is the way this is this is how it is now the quarterbacks do get to dictate to some degree and i'm kind of and i'm kind of with them in broad strokes i don't like the specifics of it the way the Kyler <laughs> thing looks ridiculous and Aaron Rodgers yeah. and, and all that. But this is the way it's going to go now. They, it, it does make sense. If you are one of a small handful of human beings capable of doing something, then you should control your destiny. That's the I, upshot, I'm with right? you. I think I think you're right. I don't think it'll get to a point in the NFL where you could James Harden your way to any team you want every 18 months or however it is. And we'll talk about James Harden in a minute. But I want to, and I think this is in defense of quarterbacks. I think just by virtue of the job and the position, you're just bound to turn crazy. I think you are. Yep. I feel like, I, like with late night hosts and my cousin being one of them. I don't know if you guys know that, but they all like uh, turn a little loony. Whether it's uh, Kilborn or whether it's Johnny Carson or Letterman, as much as you loved him, the last few years he w- had no contact with people. They were handing notes under his door in his dressing room. Wouldn't even come out for rehearsal. That's kind of how. It's just for, I, I don't know, it's maybe it's just being a, a psychologist, um, you know, talking to guests for people you don't normally care about for 15 minutes a day. Maybe that does it to you. Maybe the same thing with quarterbacks. You know, used to think it was just Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady's a little weird, right? Deshaun Watson definitely has his things going on. It's a, a little more on a criminal level. But maybe they're just all, maybe it's just how it is with the, with the position. You just have to go nuts uh, by the end of the run. And that's a defense of uh, Kyle Murray and his fellow quarterbacks. It really is. Um, I let go ahead. you. Thank you. You're you're finally you've you've joined my side. I don't know if it's the dark side or or not, but yes, this is exactly right, Sal. Quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yes. And by the way, I did think it was out of bounds. Uh, you know that 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 uh, the former Jimmy now, like I saw him uh, a, a few months ago, and he and he was like, "It's Mr. Kimmel." I'm like, "What?" Nah. Mr. Kimmel. But <laughs> um, father, yeah. it is my, I guess, tepid defense or otherwise when people are like, how can you root for Ben Roethlisberger? Like, you know, like what? I mean, what are we talking about? Does everybody else some pristine angel? Yeah. Every quarterback, to your point, I think by virtue of 
having your ass kissed from the age of 13 or 14 on and making millions of dollars and mm -hmm. everywhere you go is a high five. You think these guys hear the negativity? It's a stunner to Aaron Rodgers to look at his social media. He's like, I can't believe so many people are angry at me. That's a stunning. It's stunning to them because everywhere right. they go face to face, everybody's like, you're the greatest. Let me take a picture with you. Like, of course, it gives you God like a uh, 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 God syndrome or whatever it's called. Because they're, 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 they're because, and mix into it. They're 26. They're also yeah. not they're, they're not like 58 year old people who are wise to the way of the world. Like this is this is all they've ever known. Of course, they go yeah. a little cuckoo. Well, in that regard, maybe it's not just the quarterback, but but it just happens to be that the quarterback's the one who the microphone stuck in his face more than the defensive tackle, who's also been told he's the greatest thing since he was 13 years old and he's never done any wrong, right? So it's probably, I don't know. Well, that's what I mean. It's the position that, that drives you nuts. Now, I will say, you know, I was about to say before this Kyler Murray thing broke, we took off the week um, where really nothing in the NFL was, was going on. There was almost no NFL news except for the potential announcer moves from ESPN to Amazon to Fox and everything. Talk about quarterbacks. Uh, first of all, I'll, I'll say, what were they saying? Like Herb Street might go to, I, I don't need you, need, you need like an Excel spreadsheet, Martin, to figure this out. But what's the idea? Herb Street, maybe to Amazon. Michaels, definitely to Amazon. Aikman to ESPN. Uh, Peyton, maybe to Fox. Do I have this right? All this? Uh, I don't, I don't All know. Of this honestly, this is it's shuffling chairs, and I understand. Like, honestly, when I saw this, I was like, "This is the type of thing that Dave Damashek is going to be extremely excited about." Yeah, and it, that's not even an affront to Dave, but it's just like these things that are around the game, like uniforms and announcers and and food that like really truly excite Dave. This I, uh, Dave and me, I do care about this more than where Rodgers and Brady land. But but I, but I admit that it's nonsensical. But go ahead. Like, I care. Yeah. I, I care more about what I don't want to hear and what I don't want to hear. And I've done a pretty good job of avoiding is I don't want to hear Kirk Herbstreet calling NFL games because I don't know if it's just like the times that he dips into doing it. And mm -hmm. I, I'm sure it's a very, very hard job, but mm -hmm. he just doesn't sound like he knows what he's talking about in terms of the league. And he always goes back to like, I can't stand coordinator guy who is always like, and Brian Greasy is one of these guys, but every time anybody on the offense or any, like that's not like the quarterback or anytime when the defense, that's not the star player. It's man, look how this coordinator's coaching these guys up as opposed to like saying actually what's happening. And, and right. Kirk Herbstreet is big coordinator guy. And in college, it's a little different because, like, you know, in college, as, as demented and twisted as it sounds, the coaches are really the stars because they're there the longest, right? Mm -hmm. But in the NFL, that's, I got no time for that. What I would really like to see is I hope out of all of this that we see more keep to leave. And just guys who are not quarterbacks in the booth calling games because everything's called through quarterback's eyes, and there's, you know, 21 other players on the field. I called for Talib and Michelle Tafoya. I thought that'd be a great one-two punch, but no, no one seems to be listening here. Uh, Shaq, I, I, I haven't heard the Peyton yeah. one. So Peyton's rumor, so he's going to ditch the Manning cast, or I guess he would do that on Monday nights. No, no, Sean no, Payton. Sean Payton. There's, oh, some, oh, there's oh, a lot of pages. Yeah. See, so it is very pages. hard to yeah. keep up with everything yeah, right. at this point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's the, the thing that's funny is that we don't know what Sean Payton's going to sound like, and yet they're willing to offer him that level right. of bank in advance when the uh, when the obvious to me is Greg Olson was dynamite in year one Ooh. you could see this coming years in advance that he was going to be great in the booth I advocate here's another good three-person booth I don't care who the play-by-play -play person is but I've also said Ryan Clark and Mina Kimes that would be a, a I, I, whoever whoever does the play-by-play -play, so be it um, but check, you're stepping on your own toes because the answer is here's me. The, well, well, I'll do it. OK, well, we should don't love. Why well, we joke? Well, what do we care about what these people uh, like? Honestly, like I love Tony Romo. And by the way, these people, whether you like Romo or not, they better thank they have him to thank for all this. All this that's money exactly right. They you're absolutely. Right. That's a number one. B number two. Uh, it's tough for the leagues and the teams to cry poverty when, you, when you're giving these guys more than they would make at a head coaching position, right? Um, and I understand if you look at the, the highest-rated telecast in cable or, or uh, network, you know, football gets 7 out of 10 or, you know, 70 out of 100, whatever it ends up being. But that said, kind of have the sound off for a lot of this. I really do. I don't know. And especially with – I don't want to – 
shit on Romo, but when he's one of six games, you know, the standalones, Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, okay, fine. Um, but when there's like six games, I'm, I'm, maybe I watch differently with the, with the red zone mentality. Don't you feel like it's worth a little less unless someone like me and someone like Martin and someone like Check are out there making you money on your bets? These alternate broadcasts with gambling, that's where it's at right there. Otherwise, I've heard everything I've heard from these guys already. We don't need that, it, Check. It is exactly right. It, and, and it is... To some degree, there's variation mm-hmm. and, and you know, however long, what's it been, four years for Romo now, five years up in the booth? Um, yeah. it, we, we mark it, I, I feel like we bring this up several times every season, but, you know, since Romo first started calling out, oh, they're about to throw the ball to the tight end here. This is, mm-hmm. that, look, look at, this is what they're going to do here. Everybody said, oh, anybody could do that. Like the other analysts announced, oh, we could right. all do that if we wanted to. Then. Then great, everybody seems to like when Romo doesn't. Why don't you do it now, yeah. friend? And yeah. nobody has been able to do it with any rate of success like Romo. Um, but you're right. I don't. That's the, not even my favorite part of what he does. Just the intricate DK, even like breaking down the play afterwards. I think is uh, is his like that. That's his best moment. I, of course, calling the plays in advance is fun. But but anyway, I, I, I think it's that, the enthusiasm. Not it's yeah. not the empty. It's not the empty pap that you know that football right. speak and throwing around superlatives like outstanding seventeen times over three yes. hours and National Football League and in our league and this young man who we had a chance to sit down with last mm-hmm. night is really he's, he's a really impressive young man and he can be as good as he wants to be mm-hmm. and all that kind of crap. Yes, that is meaningless stuff. The only gap that needs to be bridged, and I am completely with you. Gambling advice is the way to go. Watching football and sporting events, period. The only bridge we must get, because I think a lot of people did bring this up with with Peyton and Eli, Mm -hmm. is you miss, I think the greatest virtue is at this point, is you can hear the crowd. You can hear the atmosphere of the stadium. We've got to figure out a way to mic up the atmosphere without the the play-by-play guy getting yes. in the way of it and that so if we could get a, a line into that and then our voice is over it and the football game now we're cooking Perfect. with gas martin you okay with that i think you guys are missing it i do oh. i think that like people martin's like me about to cost us a job here but go ahead yeah. well oh, people like <laughs> yeah. me don't get me wrong i'm tuning into the alternate broadcast but in the middle of the game i am still here for like like i don't necessarily want to know if aaron jones is about to go over his rush total because I'm more concerned about did the Packers just convert the first down as they're trying to win this playoff game. Like there are, uh, but your like, eyes tell you that. You guys, right, just one second, Dave, my ears <laughs> will work in a second after they recover from that outburst. Uh-oh. But Uh-oh. as my mouth continues to the thing that I feel like you guys are missing about, about what makes Romo really good at his job. It's the same thing or similar to what made John Madden really good at his job is like a, Obviously, all the people in the booth have this incredible knowledge of football, Mm -hmm. but John Madden and Tony Romo both sound like they're having so much fun. And -hmm. you touched a little bit the enthusiasm, but Romo, like when he when Mahomes does some like crazy shit where he spins around, he throws the ball between his legs, behind his back, and Tyreek Hill catches it and dunks on the goalpost. He Mm -hmm. sounds like he's at his tenth. At his ten-year-old birthday party, having fun, and that's the same right. way. I'm. That's the way I am with my friends, and I feel like that's what that like. That was the biggest thing with like Jason Witten to me. He doesn't sound like he was confident. It doesn't sound like he's having a good time while he's doing it. Like nobody wants to sound like they're at work, and I feel like everybody's trying to catch that youthful kind of exuberance in a bottle. And I don't know if you're gonna get it out of these guys. Yeah but they're going to pay the 20 million to see if they no, can. No, it's true. There's no there's no evidence that uh Sean Payton could do it. Maybe he can, but really it's just by virtue of uh, okay, you're you're retired and uh you're a big enough name, we're going to bring you in. Yeah, no, I get it's for sure. Like it, I feel like with Romo if they put a helmet by him and the quarterback went down, he would he would have to think about whether or not to throw that on and and, and yeah, like chin, 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 jump run down field. And play. I wonder though. I mean, you know, like I say, uh, forgive me, uh, Marty. I think the um, uh, the the updates that the play that we feel some that, that collectively are essential updates are not essential at all. You can you, we all read. We can read mm-hmm. the Chiron. Oh, he's over three hundred passing yards. Like, you know, like the updates, yeah. like. Second nine, 
big play here is not is not informative. It adds nothing to the experience mm-hmm. at all. I think what we like is we like Gus Johnson, to your point, the getting excited from the play-by-play the side best. of things. Pat Summerall kind of um his his style was 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 so extreme like touchdown in the biggest spots late fourth quarter of Super Bowl touchdown mm-hmm. Dallas like that kind of stuff well yeah with the play by play guys I, I I don't know that I don't know if I could fit it's like you don't know what you got till it's gone right like uh I agree yeah, if, you're, if you're gonna list Al Michael's greatest moments other than the do you believe in miracles it'd be tough to, but there's uh, there's a nice familiarity with him, right? Maybe even with Joe Buck. I don't think people get that. I'm like, you know, you would miss Joe Buck if he wasn't doing the World Series or if he wasn't doing, like, I really feel like there's a, a soothing element to the voice, almost James Taylor-esque, where if they were gone, you would kind of miss it, uh, but you can't pinpoint exactly what they do great other than that. But you know, what, is, uh, what is your... Fr- Go Ask on. the PTA. What do they think when they're watching games? <laughs> By the way, it's do getting, they like uh, the volume up or down? Where's 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 the take? Of the, Margie of the, of the, Margie brought some crumpets, and now it's uh, it's really heating up now. Crumpets. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's your what's what's the greatest call of all time? Besides that, certainly we just marked the anniversary last week of. Uh, do you believe in miracles? But what's uh, what's the second greatest call of all time? Behind yeah. the bag, Knights around oh, yeah. third, yeah, yeah, and the Mets yeah. win it. Yeah, or yeah. was it? Was it uh, Jack Bucks? And we'll see you tomorrow night. Was I mean, like, what is? Uh, I mean, I, I personally, I have to go with Scully and the and the why he was doing the World Series in the first place. It, but now looking back at it, because he's a Dodger guy, but uh, yeah, he ended up doing a bunch of them. Yeah, behind the bag, Buckner is uh, the most fun for me. In I don't a know. season filled with improbable, what was this? Call you think they the should get Kirk paid Gibson? piecemeal? Maybe they should get paid by the great by the great line, right? Maybe that would inspire more than they're just the second and nine here, big play. Like maybe you, you rank the the um, the importance of each call. and then Send uh, it in, like, Jerome! That's a good I, I would pay a significant amount of money to hear mm-hmm. Jim Henderson say again, pigs have flown, hell has frozen over, uh, and the Saints are going to the Super Bowl. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a good the one. ball is dropped. It's cut out of the air. The ball is pulled in by Franco Harris, and Harris is running for a touchdown. I do feel bad that that was conclusively um, ruled incomplete now by that, uh, what was that, overhead view, black and white view we saw, like a last week, I think, Shaq, but whatever. I know. They might go back and reverse it, actually. They might take <laughs> it the whole dynasty away now. Uh, so that's that. All right, with the announcers, that's going to be fun to uh, see where that shakes out. Uh, oh, uh, there was other. I'm 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 going against Marty though. I do think gambling uh, casts are a good idea, Sal. <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> well, here's what's good. A bad idea. Can I just say what's good? I know you're kidding around, and and Martin definitely wants that position. So cut cut but, that part out. Cut here's that, what's great out. about everything we're talking about. We don't even have to be good. People can ch- pick the other side, right? That's what's great, <laughs> and what continues to be great about what we do. We don't have to be the best. We could be the worst. In fact, it's better if we're the worst. Then it gives everybody a clear path to uh, win money and just uh, go the other way. Hey, Sheck. Uh, Ken Burrow died, right? The legendary uh, Oilers yeah. receiver. Yeah. Um, number double zero. And right. I think there was a clip going around that says he was the only, they've been double zeros since then, right? Not too many, but um, he was the Otto only one. for the Raiders, of course, the center. Right. But-, but he was the only one called for a penalty or something, right? Was that it? The only double zero who had his number announced uh, via penalty. Or was You're that just kidding? I, yeah, no, I think I, so. I have no idea about this story. I'll send you the clip. I think that's the case. But uh, again, it might not be uh, any research done. But anyway, rest in what peace. What number would you wear, one. Sal? If you were if you were a professional athlete, what number would you? Oh wear? man, I don't know. What position do I have to be? Yeah, it depends on position and sport. Yeah. Although I guess it doesn't anymore. In football, you just, you're, you're yeah. not going to choose. You're not going to choose left guard. So you're, mm-hmm. you're going to be a skill position guy in football. Were you so around for that Carolla, Carolla thing where he said, "What's the worst number?" And we had a guess, and we spent three hours guessing what the worst number is. And you know, there's only a hundred numbers theoretically, right? And I think we guessed about 750 numbers before um, he <laughs> that seems before impossible. before he accepted number 60 as the answer. Like, okay. Oh, that's not even close. I've Spaghetti can tell you we did this with a bunch of uh, pro football players. We yeah. we went through the like the worst number for a running back is, mm-hmm. I think thirty seven. 
Well, Sean Alexie, because of course you associate oh, it's like naming right. a baby. You, you, it's like, oh, that's a great name. No, like, there no, was one good one. Yeah. No, I knew, I knew a kid named Cooper in fourth grade who was an asshole. So Cooper's out. Like that right. kind of thing, you can't do. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think like twenty nine's a bad number for a running back, but then Eric Dickerson, Dickerson. wore it, so it makes yeah. it, kind of, it redeems it a little bit. But just to your eyeball, like if you're a running back, twenty five, twenty forty nine. Oh, right. 25 is pretty bad. 25. 25 is like, you don't know if you want to be a fullback or tailback. Uh, 49. Mike Allstott wore yeah. 45. You said 49, right, Check. No. Oh, 49 is a crappy number if you're a yeah. runner. I, I Like I've said before, and I'll say it to you guys again now, is yeah. I think the one that, that cuts across the four major sports, seven. It's an aspirational. It's a, it's an arrow pointed north, just a little bit north. It's it's taking. It. That's where we're headed with the number seven here. You can be a high scoring winger in <laughs> hockey. You're you're you're, you're uh, a clever point guard in uh, the NBA. Baseball, you know, you're you're just like uh, the Mick and mm. at seven, you know, like this side of twelve. It's the most successful number for a quarterback to wear. And if you're a running back at this point in the twenty first century, ooh la and la, yeah. I don't know what to say, Martin. He's one of those things where we don't want to get in a big bend, you know, rabbit hole. So we just right. say, I just, yes, you're right. One of those, like, I, I'll, I'll say Kevin Durant. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I honestly can't think off the top of my head of any other NBA sevens. But let well, Lamar Odom. Listen, let's take, a, uh, let's take a quick break and we will talk NBA. A lot of NBA talk uh, coming up and after this quick break. All right, so we're back. We're on the other side of the All-Star break for NBA, which came late as it was, right? And so now there's only, I want to say, 20 games left. Is that right? Uh, right? Very they, few. Have they hit like Very 60 few. yet? I think I think a lot of teams are around 60 in the NBA. Let me just I just don't want to seem too stupid here. I think they're about. I think the Lakers are 27 and 33. No, no, they have to be. They're, oh, yeah, you're right. So that's 60. Yes. All right. So 21, 22 games left for most of these teams. We want to talk about this Harden trade. So far, getting rave reviews in Philadelphia. Came back after the All-Star break. couple big wins. Um, I told you guys. I told. No, I didn't say it. I, I thought. I thought the Nets got the better end of this deal. But now it seems like everybody is taking credit for saying this uh, Sixers thing is going to work. And uh, we also don't know when he wants to uh, quit on this team, right? We're going over it. Has we've we've seen players quit on teams? It definitely happens in baseball all the time, you know, uh, big name players. But hasn't really happened for two teams, right? As Harden did, right? Now he definitely played hard for a couple of months out there in uh, in uh, for Brooklyn last year, but he really did quit on two teams, no matter what. And now it's working. Um, first of all, Martin, I'll ask you: Does the, his arrival hurt? Joel, uh, Joel Embiid's MVP chances. Embiid now down to plus 110 um, because it seems like they're going to put together a nice little streak here. What do you think? Yeah, I think for, to answer your second question first, I yeah. don't think that it hurts uh, Embiid's MVP chances. I think, if anything, it enhances them because hmm. now the team record is going to be that much better. And Harden is a guy who's going to get eight assists a game on the minimum. So how many... And that was without throwing the ball to the guy who could have been league MVP last year too. Right. right so like, right. um, but they are 52 for 59 from the free throw line. So that's the big thing that really they're getting to the line and, uh, yeah. it's going to get them to the championship. What do you have? 27 attempts MB. And he's like, and he basically said like, look, I don't know. He's a great passer. What do you want me to tell you? He's a great passer. And then they get bottled up inside, and I'm going to get fouled. So, uh, like it or not, this is our game. But I, I really feel like, the, first of all, because writers aren't going to reward Harden with anything yeah. after after forcing his way out of Brooklyn. But right. as much as I can't stand, like, I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's a a, a tired take, but I'm anti, I don't say anti-player empowerment or whatever, but like the whole right. concept of that, like guys are just going to be able to. Uh, you know, just forced their way out multiple times. Like, I think it was different with Brooklyn because mm -hmm. I think if Kyrie was playing all the home games, I think that he would still be a net. I think, like, if you if you have a guy like Harden who goes out with that hamstring the way it was in the playoffs and he's mm -hmm. walking up and down the court because, you know, it hurts too much to run and he's still being effective and you look at another guy who's like, oh, you, this is where you want to take your principled stand. 
is right now when we have a chance to win a title. To yeah. me, it feels I, I I put all of the blame on in Brooklyn on Kyrie and and not getting the shot in terms like really? I can't. I think after that everything goes is because it's not like it's one thing if you're a guy and you you decide hey I'm gonna force my way out to here. Mm-hmm. It'd be like if I if I quit my job and I came here and this Sal all of a sudden you decided I'm only going to do half the podcast. It's like no, you were part of the deal. Like, right. like that's the part of the. So I kind of give him a pass for that. Uh, uh, trying to get out of the Brooklyn situation because I think that I think it's uh, that was just fucked up. But I think Harden and Embiid uh, are have this have the Sixers at least an Eastern Conference Final team now. Well, so, I mean, that's the thing. It's very close if you want to go by that check. So I think they're plus 290, plus 200, plus 290, plus 350. You got Sixers, you got Nets, and uh, and obviously Milwaukee in there. I'm going to stick to Milwaukee, even though um, Kyrie put on a clinic uh, Saturday night. Um, He should really go to a clinic, but he he put on a clinic (laughs) Saturday night. And, uh, and now it looks like the Bucks are third there. Yeah, it's funny. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because for all the all the stuff about the Sixers and, and thank you Brooklyn and all that kind of stuff, yeah. right? They they did beat that right. They they beat the Bucks. That was a mm-hmm. big victory that some somehow got lost in the wash of the last several days, at least from for for me. And I think you're right. I think you have to root for Milwaukee for the soul of basketball. I don't think <laughs> I like the Sixers. I, I'm not jiving about that. I think you do. I or at least against the Sixers. Do you want this? Do you want the game to to go half court like this, which is where the Sixers are going to take it? Do you want it? You want ball stoppers like this and free right. throws and everything else because that's where the Sixers are taking you. It's a fun story, but the actual watch is not as satisfying as watching the Bucks play or Kyrie and and uh, you know with Durant and Sam. I, I, but bottom line, I can't wait for the for the East uh, playoffs as long as we get the matchups we want. But to Martin's point, I say it again. Dave, the longtime sports fan, wants one thing, which is the stability of this team has these players on it for a generation. That's mm-hmm. what, I mean, I love that. I love why, like, well, yeah, well, oh, we're playing that team. Well, we know who's on that team because they've been on that team for the last 11 years. And when you play them, that's the players. That's sure. those are the players. But, if, you know, if, if you're ethical about the, the people's ability to choose where they work and everything else, it's awfully ironic that the that the people that are the most talented, who, the, who have a talent that the fewest number of human beings have are the most limited mm-hmm. by the... I, I, and I know that the trade-off is tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. I get that. But still... On a human level, they should be allowed to go wherever they want, but it's messy. I hear exactly what you're saying. The, the fan wants one thing. Yeah, it's and, tough. But uh, as a human you, being, you don't of have course, a civic they should be allowed duty to, go do to whatever stick they around. Want. For sure. I get it. Right. And maybe it is the Nets' fault. Um, well, Honestly, and you know what? To that point, though, real quick, we have the whole, we, we went through an era in the, like the early 2000s to like 2010. We had a lot of guys who were like uh, in the NBA, uh, coach and GM. And if you want to go hire this guy, if you want, if you want, uh, what is it, Mike Dunleavy to run your team, mm-hmm. you got to give him personnel control too, right? And like that has like had middling success. Now we have the idea of like the player GM, right, with the player empowerment area. So like that has had middling success, right? Like LeBron, well, he won titles. There's no denial, There's no doubt about it. But outside of that. The whole idea of teaming up hasn't really worked out that right. well, as you Celtics see. Celtics worked out fine. The Celtics were traded for, <laughs> like they they traded for KG and they traded for Ray Allen after they had Paul Pierce and they got off of what. Uh, but that happens because KG says I, it, it it's over here, uh, Twin Cities. It's time for me to move. Trade me here. It's not it's not like he was a a, a passenger on the ride over to Boston. He, I mean that yeah. that. That was that was the first one. Then LeBron and if there 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 are a number. KD goes to Golden State. Creates, well, it didn't uh, work with the Lakers. If you're talking about trying to put it together for one year, when the when the Pistons came out and thumped thank them, you, right? Uh, there's plenty of, like, thing with Carl Malone. Yeah. Uh, if you want to point yeah. out all the examples where it worked, somebody else point all the ones where it didn't. Okay. Yeah, point the but, other ones that didn't work. Point the other ones. Sounds well, on this way. 
<laughs> well, here, here's the thing. I'll say this. So you said the fans get screwed. The players should have a right. But there's also other players who are pissed off. Like Kevin Durant must be like, what the fuck? What? Are you kidding me? I got a guy who won't get a teammate who won't get the shot. I got another one who's just going to go. He's going to leave. Like, what What do I have to do? I mean, he's injured anyway. But um, as far as the MVP thing goes, I've been pushing Curry because I have him at 10 to 1 from the beginning of the year to uh, get MVP. And he is doing everything but lightening up on the court in regular season games for me to get there. I really thought that that all-star performance was going to move it. He was 12 to 1. I'm like, you watch. This is what Giannis did in 19. <laughs> it moved the needle a lot. Then we have that viral video yesterday came out, right? What did he do, Martin? He like didn't miss a shot for 55 seconds, moving I back mean, and back and back and back and back. Yeah. And now he's still 18 to 1. To, to That's win. one of my favorite things about like <laughs> NBA culture. It's like shocking. Yeah. Guy who makes a lot of shots with right. defense doesn't miss without. <laughs> it's still fun. <laughs> like, it's still like, fun no to watch. It's still mesmerizing, right? But how about Steph Curry being on the floor for like a significant amount? All right. I should say this, a less than insignificant amount of the time in that uh 26 to 1 run last night. Yeah. Steph was played Man. down the strike. Uh, he didn't play for a lot of the fourth, but from four minutes in to no time left in the clock, he was in the game. And that Warriors He team. wants to win me my MVP money. That's why. That's the only reason, right? What else could it be? Uh, <laughs> I what do- you want from a gambling perspective and from an intrigue standpoint is exactly where we are now in the Eastern Conference. Who is getting to the finals through that mix? It's real. It's I find it fascinating to look at and try and talk well, yourself yeah. into. I, mean, I, I, hear I, you I have money the on the Bucks, so that, that's, that's you, not but... exactly what I want. The, the Nets uh, thriving and the Sixers thriving, both. <laughs> so, yeah, but I, I hear what you're saying. The one bet I did make, no playoffs for the Lakers. I did this two weeks ago. It was dead even, and I know people put money. Oh, the Lakers, of course they'll make the playoffs. They'll end up, what, 10th at worst, and then they'll win uh, however many playing games they need to, to make the top eight, and that's how you win that bet. I went no, and now AD could be out four to five weeks. I mean, I don't, you know, there's, there's talk that he bounces back every time, but I really think this is one of these situations where they, they shut him down in like uh, five weeks or so. I think that'll be it. I really, uh, I think they're going to see, well, all right, we're 10th at best. We're not going to make a run here. LeBron hates us. And this is what's, I mean, he needs to play like in a bouncy house, Martin. This is really, he's on the floor 28 minutes a game. I mean, and that's but it's been his career. Like that's yeah. been his entire career since he was drafted as a Pelican. Isn't it worse now? Like it just, every- just the only reason it's worse now is because everybody's paying attention. Kyle Kuzma said this when he was a Laker, and he can't. He had a like a one for ten game or something like that. And he said, mm-hmm. "I'd rather go one for ten in Los Angeles and have everybody talk about it than score twenty points a game in Orlando and nobody know about it." And right. I think there might be some value to scoring 20 points a game in Orlando and being the star of Orlando. It might be some value there because Anthony Davis could have had statues built of him in New Orleans if he had just stayed there and, and had the exact same career he's got now. But now you look at all of this and it's all his fault and his lack of health and all of this because LeBron's still balling and all it's all his fault why the Lakers are in the spot that they are now because this whole that was that was the linchpin that nobody's talking about. AD was supposed to be the best player on this team going forward when LeBron is still the one calling all the shots and running all and just all of that. And I just found it so blessing. So just, just, just one of those karma, whatever you want to call it. Three years ago, Anthony Davis couldn't be bothered to play another dribble, a basketball one more time for the loser New Orleans Pelicans. Mm. I guarantee Weiss advice right here. We'll make the playoffs or make the play in rather. And the Lakers, or we'll, I'm sorry, rather should say we'll finish the season with a better record than the Los Angeles. Oh, well, it's higher in the higher standing than the Lakers. I don't know yeah. if they'll make the playoffs and play in all that shit. They won't finish in the top eight. How about that? I like that. I mean, it looked, uh, looked like two different teams yesterday when they played Pelicans blew them out right here in, uh, in Tinseltown. But I don't know. I, I don't know about it being AD's fault though, because he uh, caught a break. This uh, <laughs> scapegoat, that is called Russell Westbrook, really. I mean, that's the one. Like, AD could not play the rest of the year, and it'll still be Russell Westbrook's fault, right? I think that's I, I, that's exactly right. Actually, it's two people. First of all, I think uh, here's a, a good big idea I have. <laughs> Anthony Davis to New Orleans for Zion. Who says no to mm. that one? That's a, that, that's a good trade to consider for both sides. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Marty's point 
would hold more water exactly in, in the big market of LA and the Lakers and all that, except that LeBron and Russell Westbrook team up to take all the flack for AD. It's funny that he's the one to me. He is, I think we all agree. He is the number one culprit for the Lakers failure. No! Right. I, no! Really? I think that, I think the main, re- <laughs> I think the, the, this Lakers, this in what LeBron thought was going to happen mm-hmm. with the Lakers was predicated almost entirely around AD being the best player on the team. And he is obviously not that. And instead, LeBron's catching all the crap for off-the-court stuff and otherwise, and Russell Westbrook for on-the-court stuff. I think I, I think that AD kind of slips through the cracks as being the guy who's responsible for the failures of, uh, of these Lakers. Uh, no? No, I I think AD does fall through the cracks, but I I I I have a big problem with everybody who says like this is Russell Westbrook's fault. Cuz if you watched again, like Kuzma said, you can go for 20 in Orlando and nobody cares. Russ was doing this, he's been doing this the last 2-3 years. The only difference is now he's taking less shots. Like it, like and Russ to me, he's doing like if you look at him on the sideline, he's still being a good teammate and he's an easy target because he doesn't care like about anybody else's opinion, but his own, which is mm. one of the reasons why, like, like your, to your quarterback point from earlier in the show, like Russ doesn't give a damn about what nobody thinks. They asked him yesterday, like, how do you feel about being booed? He's like, do you take that home with you? He's like, I don't take that home. I got kids at home. I'm not, I don't give a damn. They should take that home with them. They're the ones booing. But right? what about like, when they boo him, when the kids boo him, when he gets home? That's Then he's actually home. Well, see, he, gonna Sal, do? he doesn't take that to work. Right, oh, that's I the see. difference. Okay, but wow. if I'll LeBron talk to just yeah. lets the if LeBron lets Palenka trade for Buddy Hield instead of Russell Westbrook, yeah. this is a better team right now. But LeBron wouldn't do that. He, but I'm not mad at Russell Westbrook for being the Tiger because the mm-hmm. Tiger's not going to change his stripes. I mean, I just I, I saw something like his points. I get it when when West when LeBron and AD are in the lineup, he's not going to shoot as much. But to score, I think he scored like 16 points fewer per 36 minutes when those guys were on the court versus when they were. It shouldn't be that big a gap. I yeah. mean, for God's sakes, figure it out now. We're 60 games in. How close are we, though? Because this side of the SEC, and maybe even past the, this side of the SEC, the NBA's Western Conference has been, things have been tilted so heavily in that direction for now, generate, I mean, for 20, 25 years now. Easily, the West is so much better than the East. Are we finally ready? Even though the two best teams in the West, uh, um, in basketball, probably reside in the West, that the East overall is finally now stronger. No, no, the East playoffs. The East playoffs will be better than they've been, I think. But I, I, I don't think it's. I, you can't say stronger yet, right? I mean, I, I, it's a remarkable run, no matter what. I'm just looking at because I've been looking at it for literally decades now, and being like, it's crazy that the West just is always better than the East forever. This is true. Well, From what's Magic weird? Johnson yeah. to Kareem to now that it's always been that way. And in fact, by the way, you could make a case that ironically, the Celtics had a tougher path. They had to go through tougher teams and were worn out by the time they caught the Lakers right. in those 80s matchups. But anywho, my larger point stands. I just, I'm fascinated by it as a, as a long-time sport. Well, I'll fan. say this. Yeah, about the, the disparity. I mean, for many, yeah. many years, what you could say is, oh, look at the eighth seed in the league. They're in the East. They're one game under 500. Now that's shifted. I mean, well, that part hasn't shifted. Like the ninth seed is the Hornets, 30 and 32. Ninth seed in the West 27 and 33 is your Lakers like that. You would never see. Right. Right. I, I feel like the eight seed for would be like Denver holding on uh, pre Jokic good days, uh, but they would still be five games over 500. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, I guess it's parody. Is that what we're talking about here? A little more. I mean, wouldn't we be surprised if it's if it's not. If it's not Dubs and Suns, mm-hmm. it's got to be one of those two teams getting to the finals, right? No one's going to advocate for anyone other than the, than those two teams at this point. Right. Martin will. Martin really? will advocate for the Memphis Grizzlies. They they, they are they have like a young fun Warriors energy from a few years ago, right? Like I, I was really I was big on them towards the end of last year. I thought I actually my my Sal mm. uh, for my graduation from grad school. If you remember, you gave me free bets. And one of them, well, one of them was uh, uh, on the Memphis Grizzlies to beat the Jazz in the first round. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It didn't happen, obviously. I'm so. such an enabler. I'm, I'm so bad. <laughs> well, here's the but, other thing. I just want I to say that the, the, the Nets, if you look at these eight and nine seeds, the Nets are eight seed in the East, the Lakers are the nine seed, and they're amongst the top five teams to win the championship, right? Still, <laughs> like odds-wise? Per odds, very which, yes. which just goes to show you that it's kind of like Jonathan Taylor for MVP. You can bet on things oh, that aren't yeah. going to happen as long as you'd like to. It's just, right. you know, it's Vegas will continue. FanDuel will continue to take that money. <laughs> Martin will continue to take your money if you want to bet on things that no, aren't going to happen. No, you won't because he hasn't paid net, you. You're he saying the Nets you. are a crazy bet to make to get to the finals? I'm saying if you watch this Nets team compared to the rest of the East and you want to pick them out of all 15 teams in the Eastern Conference to make it to the finals, I don't see how you can do uh, it. Like, you can, I'm not picking this go. team. I'm picking the one that they're going to have in a couple of well, weeks. Listen, That's the team this I'm picking. Is it. All right, so we have this cap of consequences, which Martin is going to select from Thursday because he lost. Uh, yes, he lost. Uh, what was our our – yeah, our staff. Dave owes me money before I selected a capital. That's true. Dave does. Yeah, you can't, you can't hold me hostage. That's fine. What do you mean? I'm just going in the order of operations. That's, that's all. true. That's, that's true. true. You should pay that's him the $50. Sad. Martin should pick that, from that, the hat. That's small. <laughs> that's small on Marty's part, though, to, to do. That. I'm just going in the order of uh, the. Wait, Babyface, we really do need to. Received. And Babyface says there's some other. What happened? We, the other debts need to be paid. What happened? Oh, yeah. D- Dave still owes us donuts from the uh, college football oh. playoff. Oh. What? That's what right. Is that from? I, I can tell you what you owe donuts for because I was the only person to, to uh, correctly predict um, uh, the, the top four seeds in a college football playoff. Oh, that's what it was. Right, right, right. I had. I didn't even remember that. That's fine. Buttermilk. Well, the good thing everybody. is, Dave, it's on I tape. I don't care. $50 in donuts, and then Martin picks from the cap. We're going to do that Thursday for sure. Uh, all right. What, was there anything else uh, we want to talk NBA? Oh, no. All right. Well, let's do our play of the day. Now, Martin, you were like, uh, you did great in February, and then you, uh, you shit the bat. Well, that was your thing. You were picking all stupid teams, um, like stupid, yeah. like first-year uh, Division One teams, basically. But well, you, know, uh, you, know, no, no, yeah. Sal, you know what I was doing? I was picking yeah. winners. That's what I was doing. Was that what you're doing? <laughs> I was picking winners. That's what I was doing. And, and I got another one for you today right here. Do it. You go first. I'm going with the Washington State Cougars laying seven and a half, playing Oregon State. Oregon State, fresh off, didn't they, what is it, Elite Eight run last year? Yeah. Or uh, Sweet 16 run, something like that. There was somebody Cinderella. Well, this year they won three games. They're not going to win their fourth one tonight. And they're, they're Washington State. Minus eight. They are terrible. They were terrible when we went to the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, although it was a different sport. Uh, and now, uh, like you said, I think they have three conference wins. And the funny thing is when Harry, we know Harry, flew over to Portland to deliver the bathwater to the contest, the cash or splash contest loser, he flew with the Oregon State basketball team and he had lost money on them the day before. And I think he said something <laughs> snide to the center or something. And they they looked at him like everybody else does, like he's a weirdo. But uh, that's okay. So you're going against Oregon State. Check and their your- coach is named Trinkle. Oh, that's right. Oregon State's coach is Trinkle. It oh. is Trinkle. What yeah. are we doing here? All right. That, that's that's reason enough to take it, guys. All right, so you have Washington State. Check. What do you have? I'm going to pick from the sport that um, that uh, Sidney Crosby still reigns supreme mm. in. Um, Alex Ovechkin is also in that league, and his team is not playing very well of late. The Leafs, on the other hand, 10 goals against the Red Wings. 10-7 final over the weekend. A crazy result there. Crazy. Caps not playing well. Leafs starting to turn a corner a little bit. I like them, and you know what? Just to make it jazzy... I also say in the in the um, big matchup, the main event, you got the Bruins playing well. The Kings red hot themselves. Yeah. I say take the road team here. Let's make a parlay, shall we? A Ooh. two-leg parlay. Let's take the Leafs and the Bruins. The payout is plus 205. Do it at fanduel.com slash extra points. I like that. All right. Well, I say, well, we're going to get, we have uh, some hockey talk in in a second, but let me give my pick here. I was going to go Syracuse plus seven because everybody had them. uh, Now it's plus eight, but everybody had them. Everybody on extra points. uh, Oh, Harry basically loved them. He was tagging Jastrzemski and Adam Shine. Oh, Syracuse, Syracuse, Syracuse over Duke. They ended up losing by like 30. And now they have this, you know, they have a weird thing. Cameron Indoor to Chapel Hill from Saturday to Monday. Uh, not easy. I was going to take Syracuse only because everyone's off of them. 
but I can't. I got to go Carolina over 82 and a half. Still a bubble team. And by the way, take a look at this. This is my bubble watch. I've been doing this since I was 19 years old. The last um, three weeks of uh, before the conference tournaments, I write down. These are the ins. These are work to do. This is a, And I have dots, and I have all sorts. Of, you can't see it, but it's maniacal. It takes me two hours on a Sunday night. Because son of a bitch. <laughs> what? Cousin Sal Lunardi. That's okay. right. That's right. So Joe Lunardi, though, does say Carolina needs to win to not be one of those first four, the last four in or whatever. Whatever it is. I know there's so many. Um, Syracuse, we like talked said, to him a year ago. Get did. Lunardi back on. Let's get him back on. I want to get Sal. him back on. Maybe you won't be as rude to him this year. You say his job is a joke. We're talking oh. about these uh, broadcasts. I didn't say it's a joke. I said that, that I, I commend him for turning something that should be a four-day event into a, a year-long career somehow. That's what I marvel. Right. How did he stretch a conversation about three teams that are on the bubble into something that pays out for an entire year endlessly? I don't Crazy. remember you being that diplomatic about it, but all right, that's fine. Anyway, <laughs> Orange have five double-digit scores. They're all somehow five are uh, Jim Beheim's sons or grandsons. I don't know what it is, but I think this is a bad matchup for the zone. Carolina is one of the top rebounding teams, and that's what crushes Syracuse in the zone. Uh, like I said, Orange's fifth game in 10 days. They go from Cameron to uh, Carolina. Hubert Davis' team gets it done. Maybe a slugfest, but I don't know about the points, so I'm taking Carolina's point total over 82.5. I think they win like 89, 82, somewhere in there. UNC, Tar Heels over 82.5. Do that on FanDuel. Um, Shout out so to Tate go. Frazier, uh, what friend, of the, uh, friend of the network. Well, he he keeps advocating for the heels to get into the tournament. Yes, and two of weeks, a team that lost in the last fortnight at home to the Pitt Panthers by double digits should not be playing in some postseason tournament. Which is ridiculous. Oh, um, it's March Madness tournament. Here we go again. Oh, stop! My most curmudgeonly, my most curmudgeonly. I thought we, we, I thought we straightened you out. I thought we straightened you out in a year that the Bengals it's made fine. the Super Bowl, and, in, and I keep telling you, one seeds make the finals almost every year in the uh, NCAA tournament. What is your problem? I mean, how can you keep saying that? I just told is- you my problem. Why would a <clears throat> team that lost to Pitt by double digits in Chapel Hill be considered to play for the national title? Because they play these teams play three, four times a week. They're gonna, <laughs> there's going to be a bump in the road sometimes. It's not like football. Right. You know it gets. Anyway, college basketball championship season is approaching. No better place to get in on the action than FanDuel Sportsbook. New customers can place their first college basketball bet risk-free up to $1,000, take a chance on the same game, parlay bet, or bet with big promotions like odds boosts. And when you win, FanDuel pay your winnings in as little as two hours. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Sign up with extra points to get your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. That's extra points. Make the college basketball championships mean more on FanDuel Sportsbook. All right, let's talk hockey. A lot of hockey uh, this weekend. Meatballs and I and his uh, twin brother and sister and the rest of my family went to Kings Islanders. That was fun, although we hit some traffic. We were late, and almost the minute we walk into the arena, we hear the horns go off, which means the Kings scored first, right? So that's not fun. Uh, And then Meatballs went to Isles Ducks last night. A little better result there, right? What was the final there? We have 4 nothing. 4 nothing. you won, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. So that's good. I mean, there's nothing worse than buying two seat tickets and not seeing your team, like, score or whatever. So that's good they won in Anaheim. Now, the bigger one, though, Shaq, your pens. So we were off almost a week. They hit a little bump. They hit a little slide, right? They lost a few in a row. But then Saturday afternoon, they play the Rangers, and Spaghetti was furious about this result. And you watched on delay – but the Pens win one nothing. Yeah, the Pens uh, getting a little loose uh, with mm. with uh, Coach Sullivan's system there. Um, but I knew, given the preceding results and how sloppy they had been, the one thing I was uh, with the spaghetti and with uh, Hench, of course, for minus three. We were kibitzing on uh, text. I I really liked the under in that game, you just knew that they were going to play it super tight and the Rangers were incented to Mm. do the same, but it dropped to five and a half and it spooked me a little bit. I regret not pushing it harder. It dropped uh, to five and a half? Isn't that normally a a substantial over on? Well, I I think the matchup, when you see Penguins, Rangers, you assume that it's going to be a big goal total, but you could see it was going to, that they were probably both going to try to play it pretty tight. 
So they did, and uh, the the great news is the Penguins emerged victorious. One to nothing. Hey, listen, that Rangers team is on the rise. We'll see you in 2023, everybody. Uh, in the meantime. All right, spaghetti. Spaghetti, jump on because you think the officiating had a lot to do with this. Oh, I mean, Spaghetti. I've never watched I've never watched a game with more four on four time in my life. Like literally never watched it. I don't think I've ever seen a game with like three or four separate times their teams are playing four on four because every time the Pens take a penalty, they get the Rangers some like bull crap retaliation uh on national television. Surprise, surprise, a game on ABC. They wanna wow. wanna highlight mocking and Crosby. <laughs> by the way, by the way, the the Pens played the uh the, the Columbus Blue Jackets last night. I have a I have a close friend who's a a, a B DJ's fan, and he was like, I've never seen Crosby do more dirty things, like holding guys' jerseys. Why is he so dirty, Shaq? He, 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 hit, he throws his stick in guys' face at every 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 whistle. Throws his guy, and he's laughing. He has no defense. But, I mean, look, I, the game was fine. <laughs> there are teams that are evenly matched second and third period. Malkin woke up halfway through, scored a power play goal on a, on a bad penalty. And mm-hmm. uh, the first period between the Rangers and the Pens, I mean, that first period, the, the Pens didn't belong on the ice. The Rangers outshot them like 13 to 1. They were the, the far superior team. Jari had a good game, and the Rangers clearly need Papa Kako back, and they need to pick up some of the deadline. But uh, I feel pretty good in a seven game series with Igor and that. So I'm, wow. I'm still fine. All right. You know, I wanted to, I wanted this to be a thing, Spaghetti, because I love shitting on Dave's Pittsburgh teams and saying <laughs> they get the uh, the benefit of some uh, questionable calls. The, the fact that they beat the Bears that Monday night game, it's a shameful game that really should be uh, deleted from, from the annals of history. But And then I looked, the penalty, it was like 10 minutes apiece, Rangers and uh, Penguins. <laughs> it's craziness <laughs> to come away from that game like, boy, the Rangers got the Rangers. It was a fix. It was on national TV. <laughs> No, I mean, no, did you even no see honor. how many cross checks they needed to, to watch before they finally call one? Like Dryden Hunt getting hit, and then like he goes in for the retaliation. They go and get that. It's just like it was a lot of stuff. It was ticky tacky, and the refs were loved blowing the whistle. And if they called it immediately when they should have, there would have been less power. It would have been more powerful time for the Rangers and, and more penalty kill time for the uh, for the Penguins. It was not a good officiated game. And uh, you know, it was like I said, it was tight, and the Rangers clearly need to do a better job five on five. On. But it's. Uh, it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not discouraged. It is what it is. Here's what also may be. It's lining up that it's going to be blue shirts and pens in the playoffs for that. Uh, is it? That, right. that seven game series that spaghetti seems to covet. I think you should be rooting for a different matchup there. I, 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 but, but I will say that that team is, I, it's hard to imagine that they're not going to win a Stanley cup in the next, uh, you know, half the day. Rangers. Yeah, they're uh, loaded, man. They're loaded. Oh, see, they said something nice. That's but not nice, this spaghetti. year. But not this year. Not, it's not going to be this year. By the way, Spaghetti said discouraged like it's two words. I've never heard I that heard before. I heard that, yeah. Discouraged. It, it probably should be that way. And All he right. said it on national TV. <laughs> there you go. All right, what am I missing here? What are you saying, babyface? I forgot a, a big result. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's great to hear uh, Eddie and Dave uh, talk about the Rangers and Penguins, but I mean, I heard you got smoked, Sal, by Rachel Benetta at golf, and we're oh, just not going to talk about this? No, no. Well, I mean, we can, but it's going to make poor Mikey Meatballs and, and uh, Scott the Grizz home feel, homes feel even worse. I lost by five to her. Those guys lost by 10 strokes to her. And, you know, I don't want to say she's, she's a 95-pound weakling. So this this course where it's 120 yards to the to the to the pin it serves her well right but congratulations that's fine. why can't we all get in on this <clears throat> what's the extra points invitational let's do it let's get it going it's beautiful there at Terranea. it's real fun i'm staring at the ocean too much i think i should be working on my short game but you're right Benetta. congratulations big big win there congratulations martin to you you have a new uh podcast host right i do coming up this week tell us about it well, I'm not sure quite what day. I've got to square that away. But Mark Gunnels will be joining yeah. me. If you're on Twitter, he's Mark A. Gunnels. And you've seen his viral hot takes about everything under the sun, including the Kansas City Chiefs and LeBron mm-hmm. James. But this is actually this is a podcast that's this years in the making because we used to work together, Mark and I. And I turn and, and he would always talk to another one of my coworkers about just everything, just consistently talking about sports, sports, sports. And one mm-hmm. day I had to turn around because he said something so inflammatory. I couldn't stand it. He said that the Pistons were going to win a game in the playoffs against the, the Giannis led bucks. This is Blake Griffin and the Pistons. And I turned around, said, I'll bet you your paycheck. It's a sweep. And he wouldn't do it. Oh, and, no. and then from that point on, uh, it, it developed a budding 
friendship. Wait, what happened? I can't remember. Was this sweet? <laughs> the, they got swept. Yeah, oh, okay. they got swept. I, I imagine you wouldn't brought it up if it was this way. <laughs> the other right. yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. A long history of winning arguments against this guy. All right. So you'll be putting the LPP paycheck. to get more of that. Lemon pepper parlay this week. Now, let me ask you this. He's not part of the cap of the consequences thing that you have to pick out of for your uh, treacherous uh, <laughs> you fantasy team, right? You should make that yeah. part of the requirement, though. I'm pretty has. sure. I mean, I think it really, truly depends on what I pull out of there. TJ is not <laughs> I know TJ doesn't return my phone calls anymore until uh That's until it. maybe like until August September. when it's the preseason. Yeah, so when we're yeah. getting ready for football, he's like, hey, bro. I love it's, it. I maybe I should. Nobody tell him. Hey, we're, welcome aboard, Gunnels. Put the salmon on your head. Uh, I'll, I'll explain it later. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Martin and Mark hosting Lemon Pepper Parlay. Shaq, you are on twice a week still, minus three. Yes, uh, we uh, will come at you. Now we're, we're going to go on Tuesdays um, All right. uh, early in the week, and then Kevin Hench, per usual, will be with us to set the weekend up for you. Download, subscribe, tell your friends, all the rest of it. There you go. We got Megan Fun of Sports coming up this week. We have Against All Odds. A few uh, we're going to go over today. We're going to go over, uh, what is it? What are we going over? Oh, the, the uh, Bulls. Heat's a good game, and Baylor, Texas is a, is a fun one. Go over those with the fellas. We'll do a little um, Tuesday night. What is that? Race to 10 Tuesday. Lots of stuff coming up there. Uh, yes, and we'll be back as Martin picks from the first time from the Cap of Consequences on Thursday. Until then, a reminder to everyone out there, you may feel like underdogs, but please remember, you're all my favorites. 